I always say there's something special about seeing a guy like spiritually free. You know, if you like go to church and there's a guy just like going after it, like it brings tears to your eyes. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. And welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is the Sons of Thunder. You have John, Jacob, and Sean. We're missing Eric today. Yeah. Biggie's a work, hard worker. But, in, you know, instead of Eric, we got two new best friends. <laughs> the first females outside of the Healy family. Huh? Yes, I know. <laughs> I'll give a little intro, then you, yeah. can, you can add to yeah. it. All right. So our first female guest we have here is Lisa Jaskowiak. From Chicago, big Cubs fan. Big Sleepy Cubs fan. Hollow, right? Sleepy yeah, wow. that's the name of your town. It is. Yeah. Oh wow. It's kind of spooky. It's real. It's real. We have a big bonfire every year. What else about Lisa? Lisa is an actual actuarial. No, it's a mouthful. Science major. Wow. And Catholic studies minor. Major. Double major. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. And we studied abroad together in Rome. Yes. Shout out Bernardi. Bernardi for life. Absolutely. And um, two-time Spelling Bee champion? Am no. I correct there? No. Oh. Okay. No. I, just, I just figured. <laughs> Those um, geography she's good words. <laughs> yeah, she's good with the words. Yeah. Anything else, Lisa? I feel like you got She got glasses something. this year. I did. Pretty wild. Absolutely. Big change to the uh, look, but we're getting used to it. Yeah. I think. We'll get to nice. know Lisa in a little bit with our lightning round. Yes. Our other guest, the most renowned Rachel Herbeck, is my... <laughs> boss right now at the Minnesota Catholic Conference. John's a great coffee runner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just kidding. That's He's actually never gotten me coffee once. It's been the other way around. <laughs> just like, Do you want a coffee, John? Yes. <laughs> That's Rachel awesome. is a great missionary and a, a wordsmith and whips all the Republicans and Democrats into shape in our <laughs> national and Minnesotan Congress. And actually, Rachel, Lisa, and I were on a conference in D.C. this February we could put up mm-hmm. some pics of that, but we just had a blast. We're like, we've got to get this group back together. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Interested to see where this conversation goes. <laughs> we are excited. <laughs> excited, yeah. All right, should we dive into the lightning well, round? Here? Yeah, for those who don't know, we've done this before, but yep. you guys obviously haven't listened. So a lightning round is just like we shoot questions at you, and you give your first answer. It kind of helps the audience and us get to know you a bit more. Maybe even okay. helps yourself get to know you a bit more. So yeah, surprise that comes out of here. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, this is a yes or no question. I'm going to start with it. Have you ever played Bop It? Yes. Sorry. That was almost like you were watching it. Bop It. Bop, Bop it. it. How about Bean Boozled? Oh, my gosh. What? Answer. That's... Answer. Diligent. You should. If you have That's a game. That's a game. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> really far away from that. Little uh, context here. We had eight and a half... No. Ten hours in the car together as yeah. a Sons of Thunder team. Oh. And Oofed. Talked by your time, usually as a kid, you'd read a book, play Game Boy, but Jacob here loves playing Bean Boozled, and we've already described it in the podcast, but we can do it again. It's like the Jelly Bean Company, and it makes two identical beans. One's like coconut, the other is baby wipes, or barf. Oh. Or yeah. You got like caramel <laughs> corn, or barf, but it's like one or the other. A lot of barf mm. flavors. And <laughs> yeah. you, you spin the board, 
to choose which jelly bean you get. And then, yeah, you can't tell what <laughs> the flavor is. You so can then, somehow tell. So is there a winner or a loser? It's <laughs> yes. just like, ah, oh, stinks if you get the <laughs> Yes, there is a just like making fun of each it. other? Yeah. So you're, the goal is you're not supposed to give away what bean you have. And then everyone else is supposed to guess. Okay. So, like, if you get lawn clippings or, um, like, lime, you can't, like, show that, even though you're, like, chewing on lawn clippings. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and John, Eric, and Sean were horrible at this game. <laughs> so let me tell you. I did great, okay? I even took the voluntary burden of trying out on my own without anyone watching. Yes. Wait, so I still don't understand how there's a winner. So then people say, people guess like you had the good one or you had the yeah. bad one and if you yeah. fool them, you the get like a point or something? Yes. Okay. So you're voluntarily subjecting yourself to like 50% of the time eating something absolutely disgusting. I would say but yeah, 50% of the time something absolutely wrong. delicious. It was wrong though because it's not voluntary. It's yeah. Jacob putting it in his mouth. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not but a Jake was either. It's like a, yeah. How many jelly beans did you eat over the course of ten hours? <laughs> Jake was Jake like, fell sick after we played like a couple times. Put the windows down. And pull up, pull up. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay. What I wanted to do was I wanted to create a giant bean boozle. So like take all the jelly beans and then have like someone eat like all of them at once. His logic was half of the good ones would balance out half the other ones that were like poop. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like for a second it tastes balance. bad, but for the next second it tastes really good. It doesn't balance. <laughs> okay, next lightning question. Oh, okay. wait, are we alternating or one of us should just go in? We have no idea. Okay. Okay, favorite <laughs> thing to get at Starbucks? Iced tea. What? Iced no, tea. Not coffee. There was one summer when I, I nannied that. and I didn't drink coffee. I never drank coffee until, like, I graduated from college. My parents never drank it. I tried once in college, and I had an 8 a.m. class. Yeah. And yeah. I went down, and I drank it, and everyone in my class was like, please stop drinking coffee. <laughs> They're like, you have too much energy as it is. <laughs> They're like, you participate too much. So I just, that's, like, the most I ever got Starbucks, because I nannied this 11-year-old kid who was obsessed with getting Frappuccinos at Starbucks. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was just going in. 11 and years old. Yeah. Destroying Jeez. Wow. Oh, boy. So did you ever study in Rome? I did. And you didn't have coffee there? I had, I would go to every, because I am such an extrovert, so I would go to the bar with everybody, this, uh -huh. the coffee bar, you know, yeah. you, the bell Just rings in the middle, <laughs> Just and I would dump so much sugar. I would get a shot, yeah. and I would dump so much <laughs> sugar in there, so I'd basically be drinking liquid sugar. Oh, yeah. And I hated the taste, and I was like, everyone else is drinking. <laughs> 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 the experience. Peer right. pressure. Right. <laughs> Jacob. Has never tried coffee. What? Like, what? Jacob. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but why did I not notice I this? I didn't thing? have any coffee in Rome. I haven't had coffee in about two years. Jacob. So I'm disappointed. I'm <laughs> drinking a, a nice cappuccino, a nice espresso with you, and you're like, oh, I'll stick with my uh, leche. <laughs> I wish leche. I knew this while we were in Rome, and I would have forced you to try some of the coffee from the Ange Maybe bars. that's why I didn't share that with you. Oh, man. And now we're asking for your vulnerability. Anyways, next question. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Who would be the actress doing a movie about your life? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. Nice, I could see that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like she's pretty goofy, so it just would like work out. From a out. particular movie? No. Okay. Also, I did, like, sometimes people say that I'm, like, Katniss with the whole braid thing when I wear side oh. braids, so it just fits, you know? Boom. Oh, yeah. Because you carry your bow around. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> Somebody told me this weegan that I looked like Jennifer Connelly, which I don't think is true. We're just, like, both brunettes. 
I had to look her up. Fact check that. I had to look her up. Um, so maybe her, because apparently she looks like me, or I like she looks like me. I look, I look like her. Apparently. Who's older? <laughs> yeah, she's older by like tw- thirty years. <laughs> um, she's checking it. Um, so maybe her, but oh. I, but if not her, Sandra Bullock would be my choice. Nice. Oh, yes. Sandra Bullock. I, I like Sandra Bullock. If you could create two into one. Yeah. No, from this this picture, I'd say so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jennifer. I feel like no. Oh, I oh, see. Oh, nice. Yeah. One time when I was in Rome, I was with JPB and we were just drinking a beer and chatting. And then this woman next to me goes like, hey, you look like that one guy. I'm like, yeah, I know. I look like <laughs> John Krasinski from The Office. She's like, no, you're from, from Full House. Like, what? John Stamos? And then, no, it was one of the boys. The <laughs> boys. Was like, That's hilarious. Like one of the I children. Like, from yeah, the like <laughs> I feel like Sean looks like Sean Penn. No. Oh, you told me. Oh, Sean Penn? Yeah. Yes. The Irish face and the brogue. You could see it. I could see it, yeah. I'll have, a, I'll have him play me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, last question. Okay. Hit him up. Um, what was the last movie that you watched? Endgame. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Avengers. For Did sure. you cry? Everyone's like, I'm crying. I cried. I have an emotional hangover. I haven't seen I haven't any of the movies. Wow. So. <laughs> it's like three hours, so I feel like, yeah, you would get a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think I cried. I was definitely sad, and I was probably, like, wiping a tear or two whoa, away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No I've never I seen it. I haven't anything. seen it. That's all I was going to say. Okay, good movie. Happy tears, right? Ha- for sure, happy tears. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we, my roommates and I watched this super cheesy movie on Netflix <laughs> yesterday. We were, like, eating, and we're like, let's just put something on. And it was like one of those Christian movies, oh. and it was like, <laughs> like about. The, it ended up having no plot. It was about just this family, and the parents were like at first really bad parents, and then they like became better. And it was about like how children are like arrows in your quiver, you know. And it was like beautiful <laughs> stuff, is. but just over the top, you yeah, know. Yeah, and like it kept being two. like at what the, it would be like five years later, and then at one point it just said twenty seven years later, and it oh, skipped twenty seven <laughs> years in the plot. What? They were on a budget. They had to finish I know, it. <laughs> no, they're like just speed it up. Seriously, that's awesome. I love a good, like, cheesy Hallmark movie, but oh, yeah. some of the ones on Netflix that are, like, the Christian ones, I've started them, and I can't even get through them. I just get, like, cringe. ten minutes in, and I'm just like, yeah, this It was, like, the production quality was better, and at first we're like, okay, this is, like, good. And I think the older I get, the more I, like, become my parents. Like, I'm like, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then it just gets to be over the top, uh, you know, and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an emotional hangover from a Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's well, good. We, ladies, we're gonna ask you to just give us the fire, cause. Yep. Um, well, I took women and man at St. Thomas, and it was this great class because, coming into it, I think in the Catholic world, maybe in the Christian world, there's this like proclivity, to relate the woman as the perfect being, and you know <laughs> she's the pinnacle of creation, Eve, and like all these cool theories, but then it's like you're putting a person on a pedestal putting a person on a pedestal. <laughs> and really those sound. It, it, yeah. it kind of creates it as the other, right? So you're the mm-hmm. second sex, as Simone Bouvard says. And it, it, that creates this huge difference, and that's not true at all. Like Psychologically speaking, there are differences. Biologically speaking, there are differences. And I think as long as we keep talking about them, like making it relatable, like we're both human, mm-hmm. and not this huge gender divide, this, this hyper-sexualized, tense difference, and actually say, like, that's not the case. Of course there are differences, but we have so many commonalities. But I think just to preface that with like, I don't know, there are some things we just don't know about. Just with relationships, it's definitely, 
especially in Christian realms, I feel like it's it's really difficult, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like I feel like being Christians, we're, we get you get super intentional, mm-hmm. and it's I mean you, you can be friends with a woman, and like there's like sexual tension, and then like even like in the communities that we were involved with, there's incredible segregation between men mm-hmm. and women. It's like emphasized. It's too. like yeah. it's it's just like irky how like just separated it becomes because it's like oh if I want to talk to Rachel have a good conversation like that's me pursuing her you yeah. know there's like that mm-hmm. stigma right. to be and it's like people. in a lot and of spaces like, you're actually crossing physical boundaries yeah, you know literally so, it so odd. like you're coming from the other side of the oh, yeah. room whenever there's like a yeah. SPO gathering or May as there's always guys on one side girls on the other and, and then when sucks. someone crosses it's like all the eyes look at them yeah. like oh well, I think usually that's probably then you hear about it for like the next like three months are they right. a thing are they a thing what's yeah. going on how's his heart yeah well I think what's interesting is I think there has been you know having been involved in some of these communities I think there has been kind of out of really good intentions almost an overcorrection on mm-hmm. relating to where it becomes then too static and too structured in a way that actually doesn't relate to people as human beings and like Mm -hmm. so then you get in situ I think like there's been a lot of people who have been hurt by feeling like they have to impose these structures in relationships whether it's friendships with men and women or you know vice versa or like actual relationships because then it's like always benchmarking like am I doing this right by like this structure that I learned that was like something that was supposed to be a helpful tool but wasn't supposed to be like lived and died by in a sense and so then I feel like you get all of this separation and then a lot of like not even like good intimacy you know it's like everything feels kind of sterile in a way yeah Yeah. I think that like especially that like over sexualized part of the culture too because we should be able to be friends without constantly having to like kind of make those questions of like oh are they a thing because they talked alone for five minutes and like in a room full of other people Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like I think that when there's more of a separation which has sort of happened because people are trying to be more intentional then sometimes it makes it worse because if things were a little bit more like easy to interact between the two, then people wouldn't be thinking it as much. But as soon as one group sort of like starts to be like, oh, we can't, we have to only hang out with people of our group. And like, you have to be careful how you're treating the women and how you're talking to the women. Then it's like, oh, he talked to me. Guard and they don't heart, normally baby. do that. Right. Does this yeah. mean yeah. something? You know, like it yeah. makes it more intense, like the difference is more intensified versus actually making it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it can lead to isolation too. Um, But it makes me think, too, even when you're pursuing someone, how there's these pressures that these, you know, bodies of people can put. Like, oh, you guys have been hanging out for two weeks now and you haven't even, like, DTR'd yet. (laughs) Or (laughs) four dates and she's not your girlfriend. Like, you're messing with her heart, man. What are you doing with her? It's so by the law. It's so structured. Yeah. And there's Mm -hmm. just this pressure. And it makes it, in a lot of cases, just not even, like, worth it. It's like, oh, there's too much stress. And yeah, like, it people is. put so much stress on themselves mm-hmm. when they date uh-huh. that it takes away from the joy and what it should be. Yep. Mm-hmm. In these relationships, if, if I want to get to know a woman, when I was trying to get to know Delexi, it was like, I didn't want any other pressure. You know, I just wanted to like get to know her as friends. And if someone's saying, oh, have you defined their relationship? It's like once you force anything in a relationship, it just mm-hmm. hurts, you know, mm-hmm. and it just hurts the relationship. And it's like if I'm, my whole heart's not in wanting to define the relationship, it's going to 
come across differently. So mm-hmm. it's like, I really don't like the structure, you know, be friends, mm-hmm. define the relationship, get in a relationship or just be friends or don't define the relationship. You know, just mm-hmm. I, I really don't like the structure. I don't know what you think about it's that. It's like the opposite of romance. It romance is. is. you know, spontaneous, exciting. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, you know, just to be like you know, 21st century Hollywood romance type stuff. You but like, bus, your eyes connect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so I gotta take structured. Yeah. Like, it's not fun, you know? No, it's not. Yeah. It's like, oh, I went on a date with her yesterday. I need to wait three days and then I need yeah. to wait 24 hours to text her. Or back. playing those games. It's like, with no, texting. It's like an open night. You're both free. Beautiful evening. Like, yeah, why not go to the pier at Lake Calhoun? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. We all know Jacob's date spot now. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. I just like to say, as like a, a voice of dissent, that these are in place, like you mentioned briefly. For a reason, mm-hmm. it's like we all know those guys and girls who are kind of like serial, emotional. Yep. Um, we use a different word in sort of different cultures, but like you use someone's emotions because you don't know what you want, mm-hmm. and that's always like really painful. I'd say that's worse than the. I don't know if it's worse than the cold like separation versus getting too close and feeling attached and then growing into the like I don't know, I don't actually know. So having that the law, so to speak, of the separation or at least we're talking within the context of like a Christian community here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But so you have the one side that let's just call it like a love sick dog. We all know those guys. One of my, a couple of my friends are doing that now and it's like, dude, stop being an idiot. You're hurting yourself <laughs> and her, even though it's good. And then you have those like the separation and then you have the completely, um, like I don't even talk to girls cause bro, mm-hmm. how's your heart? How's your heart? Guard your heart, man. Right. Don't even yeah. look at her. Right. You know? It's like, <laughs> right. And I feel like that cold separation, though, like, virtue is in the mean, right? Like, yes. we need to find something in between there. But, like, you're, like, whatever vocation you end up in, you're going to have to interact with people of the opposite gender for the rest of your life. <laughs> so if beforehand you're like, I can't talk to women until, like, it's my wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden you're married and there's other girls that you have to work with at work or in like your community and you can't do it, then that's going to put like extra strain on your marriage. Or yeah. like mm-hmm. if you're a priest, like on your vocation as a priest, if you never interact with women before that, yeah, you know, what's interesting to you is I think that it doesn't necessarily, I think with some people you get like the split and some people end up being really cold and distant. But I think a lot of times what happens is like, I think what we need more of is a genuine, full, not necessarily, for lack of a better word, like theology or helping people be able to experience their desires and emotions in a way that's real. Because I think what you get is people being like, this is the way to do it. Like, this is the right way to pursue. Or like, I need to discern or I need to do this. And then we shut down our emotions. And then it ends up coming out still. And so then I feel like there's been a, there's a lot of things where people then get in these pseudo relationships and then they feel guilty because maybe they should they feel like they shouldn't be in it because they don't know how to experience their desires in a way that's healthy they just know what they feel like they should do and so then it's less of like just cold and distant and more of like a lot of confusion and then people get hurt anyway you know like with both men and women yeah it leads to suppressed emotions which you Mm -hmm. said get let out eventually and these suppressions occur too because they fear judgment you know, because mm-hmm. you're not following it by the law or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're going against the law, you're more concerned about sharing it with others. And when you don't have anyone to share it with, then it becomes hard and then you bottle it in. And then it carries over to your other relationships too. 
that hurt as opposed to being able to identify it, you know, and have the father's healing come into place. Mm -hmm. But to not be able to share without judgment is incredibly, you know, sought after, but incredibly yeah. difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely really difficult. Yeah. I think you hit on something, Jake. <laughs> it's like the identity issue. Like when you're, uh, sexual repression is never good, whether, um, I think you've experienced friendships of people with homosexuality who struggle with that. It's like you try to repress that and that's actually really bad. And you try, you suppress your own sexuality and it's a part of you that should be integrated and used properly and it doesn't have to be in the sexual act, but it's like, um, there's always going to be like a weird tension between, I think, men and women or whomever you're attracted to because it's like, there, it just exists, you know, like that yeah. tension. Mm -hmm. And if you need to like channel that, it's like aggression. It's not a bad thing. You got to find good channels for it. And I don't, maybe that's a discussion right now, but like, mm -hmm. I think as long as you're using it and integrating it, like you're saying this new theology of the body almost, like JP writes about how you need to integrate all this into a purity of heart and relate it back to what you're saying this father's idea or his speaking into our identities into that it's like it's not a bad thing that you like people right <laughs> it's a yeah. good yeah. thing right. right yeah right yeah i mean like you think of, even thinking about what sean said about you don't want pressure on the relationship i think it comes from you know you think of in scripture perfect love casts out all fear right yeah. so that's yes, like that absolutely. that comes in relationship and not just like the love of the other person but the love of the father you know yeah. and so it's like not having like people say all the time you know that's a mark of of a good relationship is peace and not grasping. And so I think when you're in, a, whether it's a friendship or, you know, and I've experienced both, like being in friendships with guys where I felt like I was grasping for more, you know, or vice versa, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you, f you feel that and you know it. And that comes, I think that comes from stability with the father, you know, and you feel a certain freedom in relationships to be yeah. like, I actually can be in this relationship without fear that I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to the father because I'm spending time with him. I'm sharing. And that doesn't mean that there aren't objective things that's just like, okay, well, if you're not dating, you shouldn't do that. You know, yeah. like obviously yeah. there are markers and it's not subjective, <laughs> but I think that's a good measure of, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm going to choose not to be afraid mm -hmm. because like that I'm sharing too much or that I'm, you know, oh, we went on a walk or I'm going to, I'm not going to question all these things because yeah. I really feel like I'm functioning in the freedom of the father in this particular yeah. relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. Just the emphasis on the relationship with the self before mm -hmm. having relationships with others, you know, like really diving into that. And what does it mean? Because like it never works if you make the other person your God or you yeah. put the other person mm -hmm. higher than any relationship, whether it's a friendship or your relationship with your mom, your relationship with your dad, like it's, it's so important to have that good order in your relationships. Mm -hmm. And, and if I'm struggling with something and I bring it to Delexi first, mm -hmm. like that's not ordered correctly. Mm -hmm. And, and think and our relationship is going to struggle because of that. Yeah. So I really liked what you said, just how having good structure, having a good relationship with, with God, with the father, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then like acting out of that in relationships with, um, the opposite sex, it's, mm -hmm. I feel like you'll experience a lot more freedom yeah. within that. Totally. Yeah, I think I was, I happened upon like a Henry Nouwen book um, on our silent retreat in February. And it was so good because I think he had been kind of um, hurt by a relationship that ended. I don't like, I don't know if it was friendship or what, I think it was a friendship um, where he was just looking for too much from them mm. and they weren't able to give that. Yeah. And so he kind of had these reflections on the fact that you have to go to the father first and know how loved you are by the father before you can go and 
like love others well because otherwise you're going to be looking for things from them that they can't give you that they weren't meant to give you yeah um Mm -hmm. but like having that stability of being rooted in the father's love for you is like what gives you the freedom to like love without expecting anything else in return Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's scripture based too for he has loved us first Mm -hmm. that's not it (laughs) for he has first loved us yeah yeah we love because he's first loved us yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think too you see it like what you're saying, Sean, we, we know relationships like that when we see it. Like I Mm -hmm. think when we see relationships like that, they're almost always where people haven't done that work first. Not like you need to like be ready or be like, I feel like there's too much emphasis on like, I need to get to this place, but people who, people who aren't, who make the other person more, their relationships almost always close in on each other, you know? And so instead of facing the world together, you're facing each other and Mm -hmm. people feel it. Like, I think you and Delexi are great at that, you know, like Uh a couple that faces the world, you know, and people around you feel it and they feel whether they're facing each other or whether they're facing the world, whether they're individualized or integrated into their community. No, that's a super good point. And the, like in the fall before I proposed, we were realizing like, oh, we're definitely facing each other. Mm -hmm. And like, I really didn't feel peace with proposing. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, okay, let's take a break and let's figure this out because like we didn't have order, you know, we were, I was finding my identity in the relationship and Mm -hmm. she was finding her identity in the relationship. And like that next step, I had zero peace with it, you know, and I had zero, like, I didn't want to take it because I was like, oh, crap. Like, it's such a scary feeling. It's so scary, yeah. you know? And so I think, yeah, what you're talking about, just like facing outward and saying, oh, I'm being filled. And the main re- reason for any relationship is just to, to love, mm-hmm. you know, and to give and to serve. And I think, yeah, if you just get in a relationship just to take, it, it, it just crumbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's you know? so hard not to idolize that yes, person. Yes, it is. Especially so the deeper hard. you get into a relationship the further along it gets, the more they become your source of happiness, your yep. source of purpose, your source of being. So as we talked about earlier, if your identity is not rooted in the Father, um, for because God is first loved you, right? But he's yep. not necessarily your first love, and that can be a difficulty. And so it's kind of turning back to that love where Jesus isn't necessarily tangible. I can't feel Jesus, I can't yep. see him, but it's recognizing mm-hmm. that. And then having that be your sole root of love that you and your significant other are pursuing yep. as Rachel mentioned facing yeah. outward facing that love going towards that love recognizing that this other person is not going to fulfill me although they make me happy and I feel called to be with them we're both going to go with each other on that journey towards real genuine perfect love which is Jesus yep mm-hmm. I kind of want to oh go ahead I was just going to say um, I feel like our culture it's so hard because a lot of times we're told that like a romantic relationship is like the epitome of life. Like you find that right person and your life is going to be great. And like, that's the best that you can do. And so I think in college I've had to like make sure, take a step back in prayer and be like, Lord, I don't want a relationship to be my idol that I'm like looking for, like, as you Mm -hmm. said, all of my fulfillment in this. But I feel like even this week, the Lord's been reminding me like in prayer over and over again, like only I satisfy your heart yeah and like once you do that that gives so much more freedom for a relationship to like go through the ups and downs that it'll go through because it's not your source of happiness and fulfillment like Mm -hmm. that only comes from the lord yeah well i think talking about the separation like i think even in the christian world like marriage is an idol 
yeah. like for a lot of people. And I mean, marriage is beautiful. It's a vocation that people are called to, but it, I think it becomes an idol and kind of like a measure. People feel like it's a measuring stick, you know, of like where I'm at in life. And that increases the separation and then heightens every interaction you have with a man or you have with a woman yeah. because you're like, I feel like I'm trying <laughs> to get one. to, you know, like I'm trying to get to this end place, you know, yeah. and then it like, and then I think that's when you start making like compromises and everything's because that thing is your idol. And you know, and like this is yeah. this is the thing that I'm aspiring to. Like I think even as like Christians and Catholics, we do that. When yeah. we get married, I'll finally be happy. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the conditional statement that's like that that's just a human It's very human. And it's I'll be happy when I have this, I'll be happy when I have this. Exactly. You know, it's literally and that's then rejection you have of the identity. That's not stupid yeah. deep. That's mm-hmm. our song. John Bell. Yes. Johnny. <laughs> Love that song. Um, yeah, I think I kind of want to focus on just like how in relationships, there's always kind of what, what we've been talking about with that scripture pack, passage, like he loved us first. I think that was something that really stuck with me because in relationships, especially with men and women, there's always that, um, not anxiety or that stress of like, oh, does he like me? Does mm-hmm. he love me? So I want to know, I, I want to, yeah, hear what you guys have to say about like, like w- how can you trust like knowing that passage, like how can you bring that to relationships? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like what's the best way to, you know, to, to find peace in relationships? Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about like dating, you know, yeah. between men and women, like, cause I feel like that's such a stress, you know, it's like, does he love me? Does he care about me? Does <laughs> she love me back? You know, cause if I take this leap of faith, is she going to love me back? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know what you guys, especially the guys too. It's like, well, yeah, man. I'll just interject and say, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why there's that sort of value of like, Oh, marriage is great because it really is. It's yeah. a natural, like it's so good naturally because mm-hmm. it does tie your life to someone. You get to share your burdens and share your heart and that God created from the beginning. It's good. And like, I've found so much healing and also like a real fulfilled joy in my life just yeah. like through this person and it's not the final end but yeah it's it's cool walking hand in hand even with like with friendships it's different but i will just be like kind of the dissenting voice here like no i, I would say um, to that point of like yeah it's to the father but you're also choosing to love this person like mm-hmm. i remember it was dr kid and woman and man who was saying her evangelical brother-in-law gave her this video about like how it's all like I love the woman through God and she's like no damn it like love me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's interesting because I think like when I think about that I feel like that's been a huge process for me in dating of really ultimately being able to trust the heart of the father and like that writ like I felt that risk really deeply because I've realized that I have it you know that I have it fully like there was always this thing in me that was scared like that if there was something good then the Lord was going to take it away you know that the father was going to take it away and not being able to trust like that he's a good father and that he has good things for me and I think I mean and some of it came out of like like actual practical situations that were really painful in Mm -hmm. dating that made it hard for me to like trust men, you know? And so I felt like, like, you know, even in the past year of my life, like working through that with the Lord, like it was a window to be able to be like, he, to meditate on that. Like he loved first and to be able to trust that 
he's not going to take that love away, you know? And so yeah. I think there is, like, a little bit of a natural chase. Like, I think someone will be like, does he like me? But I think mm-hmm. that we do a lot of, like, grasping in, like, okay, does he like me or is he going to text back? All the, You know, all yeah. of this stuff because it's almost like a security thing, you it know? Is. Like, do I really trust that, like, the Lord has good, not to over-spiritualize it, but that the Lord has good things for me and if yeah. this is for me, he's going to give it to me, you know? Yeah. Like, I just had a, a presupposition, like, if it's good, he's going to take it. I don't want it. He's yeah. going to take it away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I feel like this is an area where there's still like constant growth, um, but there's a sense in which knowing your worth from the father and knowing you're loved by the father allows you to be a little less um, like wrapped up in that question of like, yeah. does he like me? Does he love me? And all of these things, because it's kind of like it takes a I think a constant renewal and calling to like calling this to mind, but like trust in the Lord's will for my life and and my value that isn't rooted in whether or not this guy likes me. Yeah. Like it's still so confusing, I feel like, and just communication between men and women as I get older just seems like I'm realizing how hard it is. But that like having that that like rock of the Lord loves me and like he created me good Uh and that doesn't change if this boy doesn't like me is like key to being free to kind of discover that question. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's definitely an identity thing, you know, finding your identity in Christ. And what's interesting, I'm thinking of like guys, like I I don't, I'm not in a girl's head, but like what (laughs) makes a guy attractive is their confidence Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, he has a strong identity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you could see them as one that would take that risk, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. love first. Yeah. And I think that's attractive for mm-hmm. women to be like, oh, he's so like, he doesn't care what people think. Mm-hmm. So he would, he would get down on his knee in the middle of the quad and propose to me. So I don't know if yeah. that's like something that goes right. through the woman's head, but it's like the quad. No, confidence, is, confidence is huge. And you yeah. can tell like, you can tell an aura about someone when they're not internally free. Yeah. Like you can tell when there's mm-hmm. like a cage around their heart. And it's not, it's not in terms of like, oh, someone needs to be completely vulnerable with you, but you can tell. And you can tell when a man walks into the room. Like I always say there's something yeah. special about seeing a guy like spiritually free. You know, if you like go yeah. to church and there's a guy just like going after it, like it brings tears to your eyes. Yeah. Kind of. It's different in a sense than than a woman, you know? And I think that's why like... I mean, like, my brothers and my dad, like, my dad, for example, he's, like, the freest guy I know. He has so much confidence and zeal, and that is, like, the most attractive quality by far, I think, in a man is zeal. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. because it's, like, it's reckless mm-hmm. and, and structured at the same time, and yeah. it's and it's free. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. the freedom. Yeah. And it's, yeah. We're uh, thinking we want to spin, spin the pot a little bit. Spin the pot. Mm-hmm. Stir things up. Stir the pot. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Be honest. Can men and women be friends, though? Yes. So you say yes? Absolutely. I think they have to be. Wow. Yeah. Jake? I'd, I'd say so, yeah. That's three to nothing. Sean? I think, hmm, I don't know. It really, it's hard for me to say it well, because... You're a married man. Yeah. Well, obviously men and women can be friends, like, but like really good friends and like, you know, like the the friendship that you and I have, I don't... I don't know, because it's like, it's, then it becomes brotherly, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, and I think that that's what we're going to talk about next, like the brother friend zone, which is <laughs> funny, but, um, 
I don't know. It's it's really difficult for me because when Delexi and I were, were we were literally like friends, but I could always see us progressing more, mm-hmm. you know. And it was kind of tough. Like if I would be single, and I would be talking with someone, I would always be thinking about that. Not because like I would want it, right? But it's just like that would be a thought in my head. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I feel I feel like I, I was more of a, a lover type. Mm-hmm. You know, I would always like mm-hmm. you know always be thinking about that in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like. I definitely now I can be friends because it's literally like, no, there's no way that this is happening. You know, like my coworkers is like, I'm all business. I would say though, that you have more of a boundary now, way more of a boundary, Mm -hmm. way more of a boundary. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. There's still a limit to the friendship with men and women Uh and you can never achieve that high level of friendship you could with your brother, so to speak. However, it's different with your wife. That's about the closest intimacy you can have with another human being. I'd say it's very thin ice friendships between men and women Mm -hmm. because there's always a chance that you're just going to fall through into a relationship. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's possible. I think context is huge. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that looks like Uh is huge. Yeah. Um, My answer would be no. Oh, Unless, John, I love it. But oh. the, the condition is no. This is what we gathered from Burry's class. Our class agreed it's no unless the man, for the same reasons, knows that nothing's going to go further. Yep. Which, with the men, is oftentimes not the case. Because otherwise you're... But that's you're, so weird. That you, I think it's yeah. with the men because I feel like it's with the opposite. Like, the, I feel like it it happens opposite. Like, every time, like, you want the guy to like you, he friends with you. And every time <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want the guy to like you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to tell us that guys never get friend zone? No, they do. But oh, I yeah. mean, we <laughs> do, too. No, we friend zone people for sure. But in terms of, like, what is the deciding factor that, like... Because I feel like I've been friends with guys sometimes where they're like, it's always a possibility. And then sometimes where it's like, they're like, oh, I guess I never thought of that. You know? And you're like, what? Like, yeah. what is the pot? You know? Like... I think it depends on the guy, though. It really does. I, yeah. I think it, it takes clear communication and boundaries from some more than others, especially, but that it's absolutely possible. And I think, like, mm-hmm. I've been blessed by so many amazing brothers at St. Thomas mm-hmm. that there's no way that I could say, like, men and women can't be friends because I've been single this entire time, and... I'm sure that there's been like some, there's always some back and forth every now and then you're like, oh shoot, wait, yeah. do I like them? But like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've always recovered from that and been like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know? And they're the same. Yeah. And like some of them are getting married this summer and that's so <clears throat> exciting. And they've just been such great brothers over the last four years. And we've like never dated and things yeah. like that. So I think especially because of the beauty of like the compliment complementarity of men and women definitely like friendships are so important because we build each other up and we help each other be better mm-hmm. what's i think huge is like your definition of friendship yeah, yeah. Know, that, you know like a... what's your definition of mm. friends is it like you hang out together all the time one-on-one you know like yeah. what is your because i think it looks well, obviously it looks different than it looks with my best friend you know and mm-hmm. i think it's weird when guys and girls are like oh he's my best friend or she's my best friend like i think that's weird Yes. And should not happen. Singular so, best friend. So here's what I think. I think between, so f- first comes friendship, you know, getting to know each other. And then your friends, you're hanging out. You might hang out alone. You might get coffee and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then I think y- there becomes a time when you need to define the relationship, you know, not like let's DTR this and see what's going, you know, but like right. define it, like whether you're going to go 
into the friend zone, which is a great, I mean, that's great mm-hmm. with guys, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like with Christians, it's like brotherhood, you know, mm-hmm. like brotherly love, because like, I feel like there comes a point where you start getting vulnerable mm-hmm. and that turns into, you know, either love in let's like, hang out alone. yeah, let's hang out alone. <laughs> and dangerous. like, let's, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like that, sure. where it creates a lot of attraction or it just creates the, um, <laughs> the just like, you know, more brotherly intimacy. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that with these friendships that you do need to have good communication and be yeah. on the same yeah. page. And I think oftentimes um, on one end or the other, the other knows that the person either wants it or thinks it's more than friends, but they, they're not willing to share that yep. in, for fear of hurting their feelings or fear of awkwardness. And that can be a great disservice to that other person. Yeah. And, you know, we're not completely oblivious sometimes we're oblivious (laughs) but guys and girls speaking but oftentimes the case you can recognize those signs that hey i see this person as a friend they don't and then if you don't address it um that's when someone gets hurt yeah Yeah. Yeah. but on the receiving end of that a few times so i feel like that especially i feel like that happens a lot with girls with guys because there is a tendency for us to want the guy to lead and so if there's, yeah. like, a lot of little things that they're not sure about that kind of, like, keep them coming and, like, thinking, oh, maybe he wants a relationship, but then it never really comes. And then, like, kind of this back and forth. So without that, like, clear communication, if that guy knows, you know, that the girl is, like, thinking there's maybe something more, I feel like he needs to, like, maybe gently yeah. kind of, even in subtle ways, just try and not hang out with her, like, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, I just think the vulnerability is such a key part of relationships, and I think that's where you can really get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. if you're being vulnerable for the sake of, you know, not for the sake of anything, but, you know, being vulnerable and being like, oh, I want them to love me, like, yeah. in a relationship sense or uh-huh. in a brotherly sense, I think that's where it becomes very important to just communicate, mm-hmm. you know, not define it, not sit right. down and say, I think we're just friends. Let's stay friends. You know, it, right. I, yeah. I just think it's just define I mean, it. I, I, I agree to an extent. So I think the subtleties are good at yeah. first if that can do right. the trick. Yep. However, I think if, you know, the person's not getting the clue, not getting the idea, it's going to have to come down to, hey. Yeah. yeah. I'm noticing oh, this yeah. is up. Are we're friends. Right. Personal yeah. examples? <laughs> Not for right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think what goes through because I've had a number of conversations like this, yeah. and I'm super forward. So I like, and I rarely ever feel awkward. Like I'm just like, it's awkward if you make it awkward. So I'm That's just great. like, so I'm yes. pretty forward, and so I'm just like, what's up? And I've had friendships survive. that conversation and it's uncomfortable but it's like it's made me learn like oh I actually have real love for this person because I'm we had this and I'm now not pining after them after we had this conversation you know or we're not we're able to like keep it moving but I've had situations where I've been like I've really trusted the person and the friendship and so I've in my head I've been like this person respects me enough that if they don't that like if they don't if they see what's happening and they don't want it they'll tell me like this person has enough respect and I've been hurt in that times because I've been like oh I guess this person doesn't really respect me or doesn't respect my feelings because they're not 
because it was too hard for them to be forward about this, yeah. you know? And I've called people out on that. You know, I just, yeah. I feel, I think just the way I function, I feel more respected. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not off like the first thing. Like, it's always awkward when you're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, I'm not interested in you. <laughs> and you're Stop. like, okay, I'm not interested in you Keep either. On. Like, I just said hello. <laughs> you know, like yeah, the people yeah. who are like, I have a girlfriend. You know, yeah. I have a boyfriend. You're like, okay, I'm just yeah. saying hi class. Class, you know? But, um, but I think when it gets to like, you're spending a lot of alone time or you're going yeah. to coffee and you're sharing things about your life, like, I, I appreciate more. And maybe just because I'm, I mean, I'm only 24, but maybe because I feel like I'm getting older, you know, so yeah. like, just shoot straight or, yeah. like, it shows confidence to me. Yeah, right. and, mm-hmm. and then there's that freedom, too, once you've addressed yeah. that, mm-hmm. and it can actually have a better effect on your relationship. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, once you get over that awkward hurdle, it's like we're so much more free now because mm-hmm. we both know where yeah. each other's hearts are. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that that's like anything in our lives, whether it be sin or, you know, anxiety. Once you bring it to the light, it's like there's so much fulfillment through that through mm-hmm. just bringing it to the light through yeah. just bringing it up yeah you know? and i think there's too much of people like that go on like maybe they go on a couple of dates or like they bring yeah. up the conversation and then it's like oh it's so awkward now and like it's weird and we never see each like we should never see each other and we run into each other yeah. it's weird i don't uh-huh. know, like i just think that's lame you know it's just yeah. like be it's okay to be Life's normal you know like we're all you like know. yeah there's those yeah, people we're all trying <laughs> It's like, I can't go to this party because my ex will be there. But it's like, but 30 of your best friends will, you yeah. know? Yeah, but also in the Christian world, we define ex by, like, we went on a coffee date <laughs> one time. <laughs> hands touched like, man. My ex will be there. We both received the same scripture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got, we got another stir the pot. Today. We'll okay. up with some stirrers that are kind of practical. Okay. I like it. All right, so kiss on the first date. Question mark. Oh. I see a cringe from Lisa. <laughs> I don't think. I, th- no, I feel like it depends on the situation. I don't know. Like whether or not you were friends and stuff first. Yes. I think makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. Person you met that night. <laughs> we're dating now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I would say it depends. I would say probably my personal inclination is no. I have kissed on the first date, but. And it was great. It was good. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, no, this is not. But I think my general inclination would be like, if unless we were really good friends and know each other, like you got to earn it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The of the dating project put on by Ascension Press is like, the first date oh, should maybe. be less than 70 minutes because that means if it goes well, you would say, hey, I want to have a second one. This was amazing. Would you want to do it again? Yeah. So think about it. If you talk for four and a half hours, like that's romantic, but that's almost like an objectification of it. Like, oh, we're in a movie again. <laughs> but I think practically speaking, it's a really good tool you can use to say like, this was really, like we had a great time. Yeah. I like, the, I like the kiss on the cheek on your first day. I like that. Or the forehead. Another I think it's all forehead is like it shows more interest. So yeah. Like, Back, back up, back up. Or more. Miss that. You said kiss on the forehead? Kiss on the yeah. forehead, kiss on what? the cheek. Yeah. Oh, I love that. For, that's like, first date? <laughs> that's how I'm going to... Yeah, hold on. Let's, let's dive deeper into this one. Okay. Kiss on the cheek. I think, well, it's very old school, you know? That's like courting it's like, stuff. Yeah, it's very courting stuff, but I think it's like, it's not a hug. You know, hugs uh-huh. are... Like, <laughs> Hugs are for friends, you know? You gotta, like, we went on a date, I enjoyed it, so I'm gonna give you a kiss on the cheek. 
What if she does the Spanish thing? Yeah. <laughs> I once had somebody shake my hand. No, that <laughs> sucks. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't go out there again. Was yeah. Another, yeah. yeah. I was like, you can just say, <laughs> we're not going to go out again. That's my card. Let me down easy with a handshake. Okay, first date, would you say I love you? On the first date? Yeah. No. I know a guy who's done that. Michael He's Scott. married now. Michael <laughs> Scott. <laughs> we all know him, too. It's Michael and Jan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what Will Goodwin did. That's a little much Whoa. for me. No way. That's awesome. Goodwin's a lover. That's respectable. He yeah, is. That's true. But that. he, he's a burner, you know? He's like John Belling. It's just so... He knew. Like, like, oh, yeah. I would always ask him. He's like, oh, yeah. I was more certain about this than anything else in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's from the beginning, I knew Maria. That's so. That's, that's, that's Did they start dating right away, or were they friends for a while no, first? No, friends for like two months. Okay. okay. Maybe more. I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, Will. <laughs> it's like, actually, no. <laughs> sorry, Will. Sorry, this is also private. <laughs> I think that would freak me out a little bit if someone said that to me. Yeah. I'm also like, yeah. really, I'm pretty slow mover. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, like, I like slow thing. I like it slow. Too. Yeah, you know, take its like, time. Like I can't even handle like a good morning text on the next day. I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Give me not three like days for good. Not just like this. the next day. Don't be like, I'm like, no. <laughs> so I think I love you would be a little What'd bit you dream much. About? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know people that love that, and I'm like, you are canceled. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Like, you guys want to stir the pot a little bit? Oh yeah. I had them, but I forgot. Hand holding? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, go into that one. <laughs> <laughs> How early? Holding <laughs> two seconds. Well, what about courting? Like, what if you, like we talked about originally, if you have these feelings for the, this person, this particular person, like, what are some of the moves you would take for courting? Do you think it's an appropriate thing of the 21st century? How do we combat this hookup culture, but also the super legalistic culture as well? Do you want to be romanced? How do we do this? Courting sometimes implies some things that are, like, kind of extreme that I probably wouldn't go to. Like, I I don't know if it's just, like, some super Christian people that I feel like I've heard use courting, and then it's, like, the kind that don't hold hands until they're engaged or whatever and things <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> when I tell her I love her, but I'm making, I'm making notes. <laughs> um, but I feel like just if you're talking about courting in the sense of, like, dating intentionally... I feel like that's just sort of the the like buzz term now. Yeah. It's like yeah, dating right. intentionally. Like buzz not words. like are you talking about like Duggars? Like your parents gotta be chaperones in the backseat. <laughs> Don't mind me here. <laughs> I won't say a peep. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a mix. I think like an interesting thing is like being friends first. Like yeah. I have a friend who he's like. He's like, no, like you automatically put yourself in the friend zone if you like try to be friends first. But what? I think it just depends where you're at. Like I yeah. think if you're like Will Goodwin and you know, and you're like, I have like strong feelings for this person, well, then like go for like, it. Or if you're like, I want to get to know you. Like, the friends are the jumping off point. Yeah. But when he became like the first second he became friends with her, he knew? Probably. I don't know. We got to get him on the next podcast. Yeah, we'll get him on there. There's <laughs> too many questions. Yes. I do feel like talking about like going against the hookup culture when people see a good relationship in which they are like dating intentionally and kind of um not just falling in with the hookup culture i think it's attractive to other Mm -hmm. people around them 
that they're like, wow, you actually communicate with each other and aren't playing games with each other all the time. Like, I think if more people were able to do that and and make that clear that how beautiful that is, that that would kind of go out to our friends and our peers that are caught up in more of the hookup Mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. I think there are, like, for me, I think there are some things, like, of intentionality that are really important that I've realized through dating of, like, like, I had dated someone who he had never, we were dating, and he didn't ask, he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend, and then eventually I was just like, so what's up? Like, we had already, like, met each other's families, and, like, and I was like, so what's the deal? And I didn't realize at the time until after the relationship that that was really, really hard for me, and that was something that, like, starting Mm -hmm. a relationship that I was like, I actually, like, that's now, like, a non-negotiable, you know, like, I think there's things that show, like, a way that I do think men should lead, and I think leaning more towards courting-esque like lends itself to that um but then also I think there's a lot of situations where people see like people know how to lead at first like it's like okay I know how to ask a girl out but then I think emotional leadership is like a totally different thing Mm. and so I think there's a lot of situations where like you have to earn emotional leadership you know like you have to know someone to lead them which I think is spending time you know as getting to know them as friends like I think a lot of what we see is like well people are telling me that I'm the man and I'm supposed to to lead and so like by virtue then of like no relationship and no connection like I guess I'm the leader you know and I'm I'm doing it and then it that I think that's when it becomes sterile I guess I wanted to ask um in regard to the asking to be your girlfriend Mm -hmm. what role did you really play in that because clearly it's really important and would you have handled it the same in hindsight I think in hindsight I would have said something like like I wish you would have done this like I think I realized in hindsight like there were things that we did that were really important to me to Mm -hmm. do only like with my boyfriend you know or like when we were like official and I didn't realize at the time that that why I was like disgruntled with it and so Mm -hmm. I was kind of like hey like so we like met each other's families (laughs) like what's the you know like what's the deal and she's like oh yeah like I, like, I, I've been telling people that we are, mm-hmm. you know? What? So I'm like, okay, you know? like <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, and so it's one of those things where I think I assumed it was more just, like, yeah. a title thing. But then I think, and I, I guess that's a preference hmm. maybe for people. But I think in the in hindsight, it would have been like, dude, like, that wasn't that's important to me, you know? Yeah. And maybe that would have affected it. our relationship, you know, yeah. if I had said that, you know? Yeah, right on. Because that can be such a point of confusion. Between yeah. a guy and a girl. It's the DTR we want to get down DTR. To. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the thing of, like, maybe it would have been... I think it's unfair to be like, well, I'm holding this against this person because I had to say it, like, when I didn't communicate about it, you know? And I think that's where some of those structures and standards come into place of, yeah. like, we see these ideals and then it's not playing out exactly as ideal like it's messy because we're human and we suck a lot of the time you know yes. like yeah. my brother told me that once he's just like you're a human being like give give him a break give yourself a break you know the way this plays out looks yeah. differently than it does in this book you know yeah so to be like okay this wasn't perfect he didn't ask perfectly or this didn't happen yeah. perfectly so i'm not gonna like hold it against you i'm gonna we're gonna work it out you know yeah, exactly like and even just like dude. putting himself in you know his shoes himself in his shoes like, putting myself in can, his shoes yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> maybe that might be what i'm getting at but um like you mentioned earlier how you kind of like to take things slowly and so that could have been like on his part 
like, oh, Rachel likes to take things slowly. That's why I haven't asked yet. And I think that's mm-hmm. where that communication comes in. Totally. Because there's a difference between a good morning text after the first date and then asking someone to be your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing in relationships. You just learn, like, we're all, like, walking wounded. And you learn yeah. to have compassion yeah. on people, you know, and that it's not... No one's perfect, you know, and like, oh, he didn't initiate in this way, so he's out, you know, or like you just learn that we're all super broken, you know? Yeah, Yeah, and it's just trusting in the relationship Mm -hmm. and and just like there's definitely a sense of hypercriticality, is that a word, where you can just say like in this relationship, oh, this isn't going wrong, so let's just ax it, you know? Mm -hmm. I think to really accept the fact that we're both human and we both have these issues and we're both bringing our wounds to this relationship. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to, to just realize that, you know, mm-hmm. this person's wounded. And this it's so person's hard not to compare it to Hollywood, but it yeah, is. remember Hollywood, they did 10 takes to get that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's scripted. Nice. Yeah. No ways. <laughs> you might know. It's scripted. <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so funny being married right now because it's like, it's so real, you know? <laughs> it's so real, and it's like... It, it, I like to exp- like compare it to a permanent roommate. You know, it's like if you have a permanent roommate, you're gonna be like, let's let's figure this out right now right. so we can have a good like, forty more years. Room. You right, know, yeah. good room. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, everyone's wounded. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has wounds that they bring to relationships, and whether it, they have issues like, with with their parents or they have issues issues with authority. I think it's just, it's just yeah, it's good to yeah. recognize mm-hmm. that. What I'm learning is that you can't always solve those problems either it's just walking yeah and, and like mm-hmm. christ doesn't solve our problems he just kind of lives with us in our yeah. wounds then it eventually when you stop paying attention to it like it's fixed you know mm-hmm. yeah because you stop paying attention to it and so this mm-hmm. spectrum this con- um, continuum of objectivity like woman is perfection or versus woman is object it's like stop and be more human yes yeah. she is perfection though. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever read the book be healed i heard of it but dr bob shoots from the oh, I know. John Paul II. Um, I know Bob Schutz. Healing Center. That's a book that I would recommend. It's not like specific to relationships, but yeah. it's about like really digging into your to your wounds and like yep. really core wounds that correspond with identity lies and like mm-hmm. really vows that you make. And I think it's really important for any relationship, you know, like relationship with family or relationship with significant other. It's just like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, what's your, what's your trunk, you know, like what are your roots that are going deep and what's the other person's roots? And I can't understand, I can't love you and I can't walk with you unless I'm willing to go there and you're willing to go there, you know, because it's like, you're just sharpening each other's edges, you know? Yep. And that's the, that really is the purpose. It for is. For listener land who doesn't like to go back on the podcast, can you repeat the name of that book? Yeah. Be Healed Be by healed. Dr. Bob Schutz. Right, it's not long. One click, guys. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah, Change, yeah. That book changed lawn, my life. You, know? you have to turn I, off the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> lawn clipping, bean boozle, lawn mowing. <laughs> yeah. I think um, another question that I have is just like how... I feel like there's a struggle between like over-spiritualizing things, mm-hmm. you know, especially when in relationships, mm-hmm. it's, it's really tough to not over-spiritualize things. So I, I am wondering, like, is there a way like that you guys have found to not over-spiritualize things? I mean, even just in decision-making mm-hmm. in general, you know, cause it's like, I know when I was contemplating big decisions in my life, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of just like sit there and you'd be like, okay, God, hit me in the head and tell me what to do, you know? It's like, 
it's it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, I think it's just such a crutch to over spiritualize things, mm -hmm. and it's tough. You know, it's very tough because we. Like, it's so easy to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. you know? It's so, like, heartbreaking. You're like, yeah, Jesus told me to date you in prayer. And they're like, Jesus, Jesus didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know? no, no, no. It's, it's like, but Jesus told me. It's like, yep, I wasn't getting that. So, no. <laughs> you're like, ah. that, That's such a, a tremendous error is, be, like, Christ would not, that's not how freedom works. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it, it's frustrating. I remember Dr. Coulter, in the first days in philosophy of my college career, he's like, yeah, that's not how God works. He's not going to call you. Yeah. Mr. Lukey, be a priest, Mr. Lukey, enter, marry this woman. If you find a guy who does that, run as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how about eating some too. Yeah. that totally nullifies your freedom as a person. Yeah. Right? Like it forces the other person to be like, all right, God, yes, this person yeah. is the one. You know, it just, it's not yeah. at all how. Well, I think it eliminates works. too, like, the joy of being chosen mm. you know like if somebody there's something about you know that's why like marriage is so good and affirming mm. because it's like that echo of your chosenness it's like i'm choosing i'm setting you apart and i'm choosing you you know or i'm choosing i want to be with you as opposed to being like well i guess like god told me that i'm supposed to date you you know yeah, or like yeah. in the sermon i feel like you know like uh -huh. that this is what it. i'm supposed to do so then you're like okay <laughs> like it just is like i'm going i'm using my will like, yeah to choose you mm -hmm. against all other options, then there's yeah. a lot of good options, you yeah. know? Cool. Um, yeah, and it's more of a risk. It's yeah. going back to the law. You know, mm -hmm. you're bound by the law. Yeah. 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 Do you want to go against God? Because he told yeah. me that we <laughs> need the date. <laughs> we are leaving in God. Yeah. And I also think that that's sort of limiting God's power. Like, mm -hmm. you really think that a decision that you make is going to, like, make or break whether or not you're living completely by his mm -hmm. will. Like you kind of are, are going along with your life and you should try and go where the Lord leads, but there's no way that you can like make such a bad decision that he can't like conquer that with his mm -hmm. victory, you know, yeah. like, or he can't bring good out of that. Oh, I think yeah. that's just sort yeah. of Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Sort of undermining his power. If you're thinking that way. So it's easy. I think that sometimes I have to remember that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best Lord. And like that's all that you've asked of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all we've got. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it's even like going back to what we were talking about earlier of like perfect love casts out all fear. You know, of like really being able to trust yourself and trust like, look, I'm like I'm living a sacramental life. I'm surrounding myself with people who are good. Like yeah. I'm not hiding things in the dark. So I can actually trust my desires. Like I can mm -hmm. trust that like I want something and it's good. Yeah. You know, obviously there are objective things that you know aren't good you know if I'm like you know I want to be a drug dealer you know it's like that's not <laughs> a good desire you know but I think you it's having that freedom to be able to trust yourself and say I can act on this decision and I remember like my dad used to always talk about discernment of like I mean God cares what you do but in a sense he doesn't like yeah. if you're not sinning like the purpose of the Christian life and conversion is to bear fruit and what is that fruit fruits of the spirit you know yeah. like goodness patience peace love kindness and so it doesn't really like it's not like you're having to produce all of these things for God and so it's not like well I work for the Catholic conference so what I do is that I since I chose this what I do is better you know he's like look you got a bunch of great options and I'm not trying to make you find this path that I have for you he's coming down and being like let's go together like what do you want to do like let's choose yeah. it together and I'll help form and shape you 
towards what your good is. Like, it's like if you have a bunch of different restaurants, they're all good, you know, and you have yeah. good choices. It's not going to be like, oh, why did you choose Applebee's instead of, I mean, Applebee's sucks, but why did you choose? <laughs> Microbees. <laughs> <Straight to laughs> hell you know what I mean? It's like he doesn't, it's not like God, I think sometimes we, I approach it like God has this path for me yeah. and I'm missing it. And through prayer, I have to like, it's like this intellectual place where I have like to find it and I have to yeah. find him. And he's like, I'm here. Like, let's go. I'm ready. Like I'm guiding your steps. Like just trust me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people translate that to doing like doing whatever you want. But I think that helps with the over spiritualizing it. Cause it's not like, Everything I think when I tend to over spiritualize is what I'm obsessed with is God approving or disapproving yeah. of my decisions. Yeah. And like then it's then it's like this old testament God that is I'm living under the law. Yeah. You know? No, it makes I, me think of uh moral theology. Like Father yes, Geertek's class. Yeah. You know, like the 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 new covenant is the Holy Spirit. Um and kind of taking the teachings of the church and the wisdom that we have through the church and then working with prudence and the gifts that God has given us to kind mm-hmm. of go from there. Right. Um, and it takes, he talks about it, like it takes in a lot of trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that like you're working with what you got and like you have the, like the beautiful, it doesn't mean you do whatever you want because you have the teachings of the church to guide you. <laughs> um, but you don't have time in every situation to sit there and be like, okay, now what is like, how do I figure out exactly what the right thing yeah. to do? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think that relates a lot to identity, you know, and being confident in what is attractive in a guy, you know? Because yeah. if he's like, okay, God, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to open them. And Present me with the pinnacle. Yeah, just give me yeah. the, give me P31 or whatever. Oh, that is. that's the Mishki. <laughs> yeah. You guys know the P31? Is that Proverbs 31? 31? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Many other women have chosen with us. <laughs> but it's like, it's so, yeah. I feel like just walking in the light. And I think even, um, I was talking to a friend about this, um, St. Dismas. So um, business. Dismas. Oh, first Dismas. Dismas. I've been telling people business. Saint no. Business. <laughs> it's not Saint Business. It's no. you. Saint of Business. Saint Business. Diz. That's really embarrassing because I was talking to someone about last night. I'm like, yeah, the Saint Business. Like, he was a thief. He was on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. The person probably, like, Googled it. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Saint uh, Business. Good dose of humility for I, you. Saint, it's always gosh. good. Saint Dismas is my favorite. I've been, like, praying in a Saint so Business. <laughs> Yeah, this unknown. Yeah, yeah, he's a good saint. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so interesting because it's like God can work at all points in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he was the first saint. But I mean, like he was the first saint because right. he died like right after Jesus, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just I always think about that, you know, because I mean, he lived his whole life and then he saw Christ, had an encounter with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, remember we Remember me when you go into your kingdom? He's like, yep, yeah. you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool just because yeah. he had that encounter and he had that, I mean, he took that risk to say that on the cross. Mm-hmm. And He's free to say no. And his buddy got his eye plucked out by a crow. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that the, was, that's the worst yeah. part of the yeah, like, Mel Gibson did, yeah, that's a great. Yeah. And then yeah. just has a bloody eye. Just to wrap it up, because we're half hour over, guys. Thanks for staying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just out of my own life, like, this summer, my mom was going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. She was just speaking like so freely and was like, go play ball. And that we've kind of dissected that. And it's a whole context and listen to one of our podcasts or talk to me after. But it's basically like, God, as your father created you to be free, like go utilize that freedom to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Like go, go play ball, go, go in the field, go tend my 
my vines, you know. Like, I want you to be a happy person, not just cruel and bitter. Mm -hmm. Because you're living under the law, because it's crushing mm -hmm. you. But go, go, come on. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Grow up. Yeah, I think a lot of times that's when it turns into, um, like, not true humility and not looking at yourself in the Father's eyes, but in the eyes of those around you. And mm -hmm. what you think your community thinks you should do. And what yeah. looks best and what's going to make me look holiest versus, like, Lord, where do you want me? And how can I yeah. serve you best? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why even, like, going back to, like, really, like, having authentic community and, like, really living the light where you're telling, like, there should be people in your life that know every everything about you. Mm -hmm. that, that they're able to be, like, so that when you're in a relationship or you're moving towards something, if there's people that know everything about you that are, like hey, this isn't a good idea. Like, if your friends or family are saying something, you know, then you can trust them and use that as a discernment piece, whether it's, like, if I'm alone, you know, and my family or people that I'm walking with don't actually know, then, like, I'm on my own and making my decision. And then I'm in a place where I can't trust myself, you know, because yeah. it's just me and it's my will and it's my desires and you need people that are telling you. And then, I, th I mean, I think there are people who will speak into your life that have no place to, you know, always, that you're like, why are you telling me this? I don't need to go on a dating fest. Yeah. <laughs> we always go on a dating fest. Like, you're not a dating fest. You're like, who are you? It's this long for us to mention dating Let's fast, too. Some buzzwords. Discernment, dating fast, heart. Let me pray Hold about it. Heart. <laughs> yeah, let me pray about it. One thing I want to speak into, though, what Rachel just said, is that so many people, when they get in a relationship, they go about it alone. Mm -hmm. They drop off their friends. You yes. know, they just focus on this person. And you, you spoke truth in a, you should do the exact opposite. That person you're dating isn't willing to hang out with you and your friends, isn't willing to be with you and your family. They're probably not the person you should be with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the opposite happens so much in our culture. So, like, to those mm -hmm. listening, like, seriously, like, when you date someone, you find yourself, like, not seeing your friends anymore, like, dropping off the face of the earth. Like, seriously, rethink that mm -hmm. and bring that person into your life not have them bring you out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be opportunities for people to tell you if there's red flags. Or yeah. Not. There yeah. needs yeah. to right be on. those places. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really hard to self reflect if you're head over heels in love. Yeah. And, and it's good to have those people keep you in check. Yeah. I know. down to two. Yeah. Timon and Boomba. <laughs> I was like, what? That's awesome. Then he redeemed himself. He did. You think? He, he killed Scar. You think he went about it in the wrong way, though? Yeah, he escaped from his problems. He didn't confront them. He went. He was too desert. young. He was. But Rafiki helped him out. Who's just so a boy. Everyone needs a Rafiki. Make yeah. <laughs> sure you have a friend My that is a Rafiki. going to paint your face with <laughs> Eric's a Rafiki tonight, just sitting alone. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> okay, John, bring us home. Okay, so we talked about a lot of things tonight. Uh, we're so grateful to have these wonderful friends here, Rachel and Lisa. And we gained a lot of wisdom, I think. We shared a lot as well. I learned some good stuff just about practical tips so what's one berry as we like to say of advice dangle the like? berries i like the kiss on the cheek <laughs> or the forehead, or the or forehead. The forehead. <laughs> if you're tall <laughs> here's my advice if you get acid reflux it's gonna be a hairy baby yes <laughs> that's your advice that baby's gonna have hair <laughs>
Does it have to be something different than what we already said? No, no, no. 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 Just, I think I'd just go back to what the Lord's been speaking to me this week. Only he will satisfy. Mm-hmm. I think oh. if you have that going into relationships, then that mm-hmm. gives a lot of freedom. That's yeah. good. I'll give Rachel the last word, so I'll go. Um, when you date someone, make sure that you're bringing them into your life and that they're not pulling you out of your life. Mm. Mm. I'll give a real one now. Okay. Leave Rachel up for last. <laughs> no, it's a mutual self-gift. Like you yeah. give, but also you receive. Mm-hmm. It's that constant intertwining of the gift that makes it so beautiful, that propels the couple forward, you know, like we talked about. Instead of turning in, keep moving. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I think I would go off of Lisa's and say, um, kind of what we've been talking about, um, intimacy, but like intimacy with the Father, just like having your focus be, that's the only place where you can bear fruit. Like that's the only place where you can bear fruit in relationships, where you can bear fruit in your life. And so to be able to live in relationship out of that secret place. And so that's like prayer, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of prayer, you yeah. know, and not for the sake of God, tell me this, God, tell me that, but just to like be with the Father so yeah. that you can bear fruit that will last. Yeah. That's great. That's and be direct. Like, just be direct. Communicate. <laughs> be intentional. No more games. And no handshakes. <laughs> yeah, no handshakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us on the cast. Thanks, thanks ladies. Us. Yes, thank you guys Absolutely. so much. This is fun. It was fun. Much needed. Lead us out with our names. This is John. Rachel. Lisa. Sean. And Jacob. Thanks for listening. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.